Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today I just want to start out by saying <laughs> a couple things. First of all, we are recording in a new room, and it's a bit echoey, and we know that, and we're sorry. You know, we have tried all of the things to change it. If you want to listen to the outtakes, <laughs> we'll prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, also, we've been drinking. Yeah, we have. We are, in fact, still drinking. So, just thought you should be aware of that. It all smeared off. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Is that what we're drinking? Yeah. The red, white, and blue thing? Yeah. That's yeah. smeared off. They're all smeared off. Okay. Which I was I was pleasantly surprised because I've had some smeared offs that have not been so good. Yeah, same. But I think it just depends on the flavor. Like I, I like the sweet stuff, so if it's not sweet, then I really don't want much to do with it. Mm. So Yeah. You know, there's that. But anyway. <laughs> Okay, so today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 22, called There There Will Be Blood. We start out in Dick's office. He's about to do a news interview. A woman named Gloria is wearing a suit. She sits in a chair facing the camera. A voiceover says, Business Watch, with our own Gloria Jane. Gloria says, Thanks, Phil. And now we turn our attention to agriculture, where an unlikely personality has now come to the scene in a major way. Richard Roman, a CEO whose company dominates the defense and aviation sectors, not to mention being a giant in the motivational speaking world. <laughs> what a combo. I know, like, okay. <laughs> Dick says, what can I say, Gloria? I'm a multitasker. Gloria says, clearly. And now you've recently purchased controlling stock in Supercorp among the world's leading manufacturers in high fructose corn syrup. It's food, aviation, motivational speaking, whatever. Why not? Yeah. She says, it's a pleasure to have you with us, Richard. Dick says, please, Dick. He wants people to call him a dick. <laughs> he totally does. He likes it. Gloria says, so tell us, Dick, why the recent fascination with big foods? Dick says, well, it's no secret. We all love to eat. But now Supercore will focus on eating well. Gloria says, help me connect the dots. How will pumping sweeteners into our, into our system make us healthier? Dick says, one word, purity. We're dialing back the additives to deliver the highest quality all-American products you people deserve. America is for go-getters. Folks who get off their butts and make it happen. <laughs> and we need you just as healthy as you can be, which is why we're diving whole hog into what keeps Americans living longer and tasting better. <laughs> How does sugar help you live longer? <laughs> That's what I want to yep. know. Gloria says, you do, of course, mean to say the food will be tasting better. Dick says, That's exactly what I mean. And we get our opening title sequence. Rape. <laughs> He's so creepy. Uh, good old Dick. <laughs> so we cut to some time later. Gloria's looking at the video screens with the producer. She says, yeah, very good. Dick hands his microphone to his assistant, Susan, um, who walks up to Dick and puts a briefcase on the desk in front of him. Susan says, your 11 a.m. is waiting in the conference room. Dick says, thank you, Susan. And he opens up the, brief the briefcase and takes out the Word of God <laughs> tablet. <laughs> Susan smiles slightly and turns away. 
Dick says, Susan, are, are we still looking for a rep in mainstream media? Susan says, yes, we are. Dick says, place a, or put a replace order on Gloria there. Susan says, and with the corpse? Dick says, call Chef Fieri. I like barbecue. Like, ugh. Yeah. We went to his restaurant in Vegas, too. We did. Now I feel funny about that. <laughs> what was really in those tacos? <laughs> I know. Uh, I ate there a lot. Like, the time before, too, when you didn't go. Like, yeah. Kelly and I ate there a lot. It's, it's this good stuff, yeah. Yeah. I really like, I think we just, I think we just ate there the one time, but I want to say I got, like... Is it like fish tacos, maybe, or something like that? Or, I don't know. They're really good, though. Yeah. Yeah, the food is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we cut to an office. Edgar is seated at a table with Kevin. Uh, Dick enters. He says, Kevin, Dick, I'm excited <laughs> to meet you. Mm-hmm. Kevin has his mouth taped shut and his hands tied behind his back. Dick says, you nervous? Don't be. I'm your biggest fan. And he rips the tape off Kevin's mouth. Poor guy. He doesn't even have a mustache for it to pull on, but I can, I can see where that wouldn't feel good either way. Yeah. Dick says, I brought you a present, and he opens his briefcase and takes out the word of God. <laughs> Dick says, what's that say, Kev? Kevin says, I don't know. Dick says, cute. Edgar? Edgar takes out a knife and walks over to Kevin, who whimpers. He's like, no, no, no. Please, no. Dick says, easy, Edgar. Don't scare the boy. Edgar cuts the bindings on Kevin's hands. Dick says, you know, I've checked, Kevin. Number one in your class, winner of the Chad Kennedy Top Young Scientist Prize. All that on top of being keeper of the word. You're a clever young man. He takes a laptop out of his briefcase, opens it, and slides it towards Kevin. He says, I'm confident you'll make the right choice here, but I see this as a negotiation. He takes an envelope out of the briefcase and says, well, I'll sweeten the pot. Kevin says, what is it? And he picks up the envelope and opens it. Dick says, My sources tell me you're applying to Princeton. Letter of recommendation like that from a man like me? Done. He's so full of himself. I hate it. Oh. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Dick such a dick? <laughs> Kevin says, I can't do it. Dick says, I admire your gumption, kid. But I still think there's some wiggle room here. I'll tell you what. Let's kick it up a notch. See if I can't change your mind. Edgar, that live feed up yet? Edgar says, of course. And Edgar hits a button on a remote, and footage of someone holding a knife to Kevin's mom's throat appears on a large screen. Kevin says, Mom? Mom? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Dick says, well, I think this negotiation is concluded. You drive a hard bargain, kid. So we cut to Rufus's cabin. It's daytime. Sam is on his laptop at the table. Dina's sitting on the sofa reading the notebook that Kevin translated the word of God. Dean says, okay, man, I have read this more times than the Playboy I found in Dad's duffel. Sam says, Anna Nicole? <laughs> Dean says, Anna Nicole. Yuck. <laughs> oh, the good. They die young, huh? <laughs> Sam smiles. Dean says, look, uh, we can read this till our eyes bleed. It ain't getting any clearer. Sam says, okay, then what does it mean? Dean says, uh, cut off the head and the body will flounder. Sam says, Yeah. Dean says, okay, well, I think we both agree that the head is dick, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, They're really getting into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sam says, right. 
Dean says, so bottom line is, we go grab the stuff, and we mix ourselves a weapon. End of story. He takes a drink from a beer bottle. Sam says, look, I'm all for killing Dick. I'm just saying, what then? I mean, what about the rest of the Leviathan? What, are they going to just drop dead? Dean says, I don't know, maybe. Sam says, maybe? Maybe is good enough for you now? <laughs> Dean says, one problem at a time, all right? Sam says, okay, but it's not a crazy idea to try and figure out what the catch is before we go crashing the gate. Dean says, maybe this is the catch. God's not telling us every detail, you know? The word is from God. I don't know how much better it's going to get. <laughs> Bobby is standing behind the sofa. Um, we cut to Dean brushing his teeth in the bathroom. As he sits into the sink, the mirror above him freezes over. When Dean exhales, his breath is visible. He turns around and says, hey, Bobby, how you feeling? Bobby says, stronger than ever. Now, while you two have been chasing your tails, I've been thinking on that weapon. Dean says, wait a sec. Don't you think you should be saving your strength? Bobby says, for what? Dean says, I'm just saying you might want to slow down. You don't look so hot. Bobby says, I'm in the veil. My Brad Pitt days are over. <laughs> now, the kids, <laughs> now the kid says that the only way to kill Leviathan is with a bone washed in the three bloods of the fallen. It's got to be from a human as light and as good as the Leviathans are hungry and dark. Dean says, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Bobby says, the rest is doable, and doable now. You've already got the fallen angel blood. Uh, next is blood from the ruler of fallen humanity. Now, best I can tell, that's Crowley. Numero Trace is father of the fallen beast. Dean says, which means... Bobby says, you got to bleed an alpha. Dean says, but they're all dead. We and everyone we found, we rounded up for Crowley, and then Cass whammy them all. Bobby says, well, then make it, then make this, <laughs> <laughs> well, then make this Cass's problem, too. Dean says, Cass ain't exactly in the problem-solving mode, Bobby. Bobby says, then Crowley. Dean says, all right, I get it, I get it. Bobby says, do you? <laughs> and the mirror behind Dean cracks. He's freaking out. Freaking out just a little bit. Bobby says, I'm just saying, I have faith that you boys will figure it out. Relax, I'm fine. I just got a little carried away. So we cut to Sam watching a Sucrocore video on his laptop. The voiceover says, here at Sucrocore, your well-being is our number one priority. Uh, Dean pours himself a whiskey. The voiceover says, Sucrocore, eat well, live well. Dean says, little FYI, Bobby's officing out of the john these days. <laughs> Sam says, uh awkward. <laughs> Dean sits down at the table opposite Sam and says, yeah, you're telling me. Uh, he does have some ideas about the weapon, though. Sam says, really? Well, maybe he's just in time. Sam turns the laptop around to show Dean an article titled, Roman Acquires Sucrocore. Dean says, Roman Acquires? What's Sucrocore? Sam says, they make food additives, namely uh, high fructose corn syrup. That crap is in, well, it's in just about everything. Sodas, sauces, bread. Dean says, don't say pie. <laughs> Sam says, definitely pie. Dean says, bastards. No! <laughs> you can't do this! Not to my pie! Anything uh, but the pie! Dean says, so now what? Romans move past restaurants? Sam says, and into grocery stores, gas and sips, vending machines. Dean says, well, what can we do about it? Sam says, short of going Al-Qaeda on their trucks and plants, there's nothing we can do about it. The laptop closes on its own, and Sam and Dean jump. Dean says, like I said, uh, Bobby's got some ideas. Mm -hmm. 
So we cut to Dean putting a bowl down on a table that's set up with chalk symbols, a bottle of blood and candles. He slices his hand with a pocket knife and drips his blood into the bowl. Sam chants and lights a match uh, and tosses it into the bowl. Flames rise up in the bowl and Crowley appears. Crowley says, hello boys. So we cut back to Kevin. He's typing on a laptop next to which are the Word of God and Dick Roman's recommendation letter. <laughs> Dick Roman stands behind him. Dick says, that's some bracing prose you're putting down there, Kevin. Y'all done? Kevin says, uh-huh. Dick says, you've done well. Princeton will be lucky to have you. Kevin says, what about my mom? Dick says to Edgar, make the call. So Edgar takes out his phone and calls someone. He says, really, sir, but stress the consequences of talking. Dick says, Kevin, I'm going to request the pleasure of your company a tad longer. Dagger, he says, you, on the other hand, I need to drop in on an old friend. So we cut to Rufus's cabin. Crowley says, so that's what, uh, that's what all the rumble rumble was about. Who translated it for you? Dean says, never mind. You going to give us blood or not? Crowley says, happily, but not quite yet. I'm all for chopping dick. <laughs> but I can't have you running around with a vial of my blood now, can I? You know, the sheer number of nefarious spells my enemies can use that blood for. Dean says, well, what then? Crowley says, last, after you've got all the other components. Most difficult, the angel part, I'm assuming, giving your role in their little apocalypse. I can't imagine the choir boys upstairs are wetting their vestments to you. Uh, what's the word? A solid. Unless, of course, you have an angel up your sleeve. Dean says, well, that'd be convenient, but uh, no. Sam says, don't worry about it. We'll get the angel blood one way or another. We just need you to be ready next time we call. Crowley says, fine. Oh, here's the tip. I have it on good authority. There's one alpha still among us. Dean says, whose authority? Crowley says, mine. Wily character, that alpha vampire. Because I know. No. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Somehow made good uh, his prison break before cast with nuclear on the place. Dean says, and you know this how. Crowley says, keep your friends close. Your enemies, blah, blah. Needless to say, I keep tabs. He moves around quite a bit, but I have an inkling I know where to start the Easter egg hunt. Happy trails. Crowley disappears. Dean says, okay, where, jackass? <laughs> Flames rise on the table. As they disappear, we see that word has been carved into the table. Sam says, hoopla, North Dakota. Hoopla. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant hoopla, North Dakota. A little different. Dean says, piece of paper would have worked. So we cut to Hoople, gas and sip. Um, Dean is filling up the tank while Sam waits. Sam says, hey. And he makes a motion with his hands to indicate drinking from the flask. Dean takes the flask out of his jacket pocket and puts it in the car. Uh, Dean then hangs at the gas pump and he and Sam walk towards the store. Sam says, he seem angry. Dean says, angry? Of course he's angry. If you were Bobby, wouldn't you be? Sam says, but he was showing signs of fatigue, like fritzing. Dean says, no, actually, it was just the opposite. He said he never felt stronger. Sam says, that's what I was afraid of. And they walk into the store. Sam says, the stronger... <laughs> Sam says, the stronger he gets, the closer he comes to going full vengeful spirit. That's reality. We need to talk about what we're going to do with him. Dean says, do with him? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, three weeks ago... You were talking about how this could work, and now you want to go karaoke it on his ass? Sam says, I'm just saying that the Lord doesn't have a single real-life example of Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's all basically poltergeist until a hunter comes along. Dean says, yeah, well, the lore sucks. 
Sam says, I'm talking pure hatred, Dean. No humanity. I mean, he could kill, possess people. I mean, Bobby could burn this friggin' building down. Look, if he goes off the rails, Dean says, hey. Sam says, what? Dean says, check out that guy over there. He seemed a little out of it, too. They look at a man who's pumping mustard. Um, or cheese. I don't know, something I yellow. I it's mustard. I thought it was cheese, but I'm a cheese person. Well, because it was on a hot dog or something, right? Yeah. So I thought, I mean, I thought it was mustard because that would make the most sense. Okay, well, I was pumping something yellow <laughs> onto a hot dog. Ew! <laughs> oh, no! Sam says, I don't know, maybe. Dean says, what about Paula Dean over there? They look at a woman who is staring at a refrigerator containing soda. Sam says, yeah, they look a little, uh... The man is still pumping mustard, or whatever. There's some sort of yellow substance. <laughs> Onto his hot dog. Another man is slurping a giant slushy. Sam says... Um, that sounds so good. I know, it does sound good. Um, Sam says, like those turducken people, it's starting. He picks up a can and reads the ingredients. He says, it's the corn syrup. Everything in the store is laced with it. Dean says, everything? The first man continues to pump mustard, or whatever. Onto his hot dog. <laughs> Dean says, hey, man, I'm going to go into toxic, toxic shock, okay? I need my road food. <laughs> Sam says, that's I'm pretty sure that's the exact opposite of what's going to happen. You might actually have a normal, like, heart rhythm for once. Yep. <laughs> I know. Sam says, that's what Roman is banking on. Dean says, hey, hey, and he holds up a pie in a plastic container. He says, this one says natural. That means it's safe, right? <gasps> Sam puts the pie back on the shelf and says, I hate to break it to you, but corn syrup is natural, technically. Dean says, well, then what the hell are we supposed to eat? Sam holds up a basket containing bananas and bottled water. <laughs> Dean is Gross. not happy. He is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take everything. You've taken my car. You've taken my pie. You know, like, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we cut to outside a large house at night. Dina is looking through binoculars. He says, it's totally dark. I can't see inside. Sam is in the passenger seat and Bobby's in the back seat. Sam says, well, should we wait for daylight? Bobby says, hell no, we're not waiting. I'll scout it. See if we need to bring in the big guns. Sam says, I don't know. But Bobby flickers and disappears. This is like, peace, I'm gone. Yep. Sam says, look, Bobby. Sam and Dean look at the empty back seat. Dean looks at the house through the binoculars. Bobby reappears. Bobby says, okay, place is clear, but there's something you're going to want to see. So they cut to inside the house. Bobby, Dean, and Sam enter a large room. Um, the boys are carrying machetes. Three bodies are laid out on a table. Dean says, careful. Dean looks at one of the bodies, which has pointed teeth and is badly burned around the mouth and neck. The next body is also badly burned in the lower half of its face. Dean says, you know a way to kill vampires with battery acid? Bobby says, only way I know is beheading. Sam says, well, something didn't agree with him. Hey, check out that wall. Something seemed weird to you? Dean says, yeah, see if you can find a switch or a lever or something. Bobby says, don't need one. And he walks through the wall. Show and off. <laughs> he walks through, I got this. <laughs> he walks through the wall into a very pink bedroom. A woman named Emily is in the room. On the other side of the wall, Sam moves uh, books on a bookcase. He picks up one titled, How to Serve Man. Sam says, hey, and he holds up the book for Dean to see, and then presses a button that was behind the book on the bookcase. Uh, hidden doors open in front of Dean, revealing Bobby and Emily, who gets to her feet. Dean and Sam enter the room. Emily is wearing a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she's wearing flip flops. No, that's not what it's gonna say. <laughs> uh, she is wearing a floral pink dress and holding a teddy bear. She takes a step back. Sam says, "Dean, machete." Sam and Dean put away their machetes. Dean says, "Hey, look, we're not gonna hurt you, okay?" He shows his teeth and says, "No fangs, see." Sam says, "We just want to talk." So we cut to some time later. Emily is sitting in a chair holding a cup of tea. Dean's jacket is around her shoulders. That was a little bit much, I thought. I know, like, she's not cold. She's inside, you know? Like, yeah. Not that I care who he shares his jacket with, but, like, you know it's what? I a care. little strange. It's just kind of like, what's it, what, like, what's even the, like, what's the point? You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, something in me did not like it. <laughs> Um, Emily says, I was eight. My mom left me at the playground while she ran to the store. A man approached me and said I was the prettiest girl there, and I've been living with these things ever since, at least until now. Sam says, do you have any idea why? Emily says, I'm one of his special girls. All the others, it was their job to make sure I was ready for the alpha whenever he came. Wash me, give me IV bags every day. It's my only food, so my blood's pure. Dean says, they've been doing this for, what, 12 years? Emily says, virgins are a delicacy. He always has at Ish. least one of us on hand. Gross. Sicko. Sam says, well, don't worry, okay? We're going to get you back to your mother. Emily says, you think she remembers me? Sam says, of course she does. Don't you remember her? Emily shakes her head. Dean says, hey, these guys. Uh, and he points to the dead vampires on the table. He says, are they friends of yours? Emily says, they take care of the alpha when he's here, or did. Sam says, what happened to them? Emily says, a week ago they came back from what they said was an easy hunt. Three humans just came, didn't put up any fight, but when they started on them, the vampires screamed in pain. The ones who ate died immediately. Sam says, and the ones who didn't? Emily says, there was only one. When he saw what happened, he moved to animals. He's out hunting as we speak. <laughs> he went full colon. <laughs> <laughs> Dean says, never heard of vamps being allergic to humans before. Sam says, you think maybe it's the corn syrup? I mean, think about it. The gas and sip was lousy with stoners. All right for the picking. Dean says, she did say it was an easy hunt. Sam says, do you know where the alpha is now? Emily says, I don't know. Maybe. He has a place he goes when something's wrong. He calls it his retreat. Sam takes out his phone and says, all right. Emily says, what's that? Dean says, that's uh, Sam's douche tracker. <laughs> Helps us find the alpha. All we need is an address. Emily says, I don't know, but I remember things that maybe can help. Sam says, that's okay. Just do the best you can. So we cut to some time later. A vampire with animal blood around his mouth enters the house. He sees the open doors to Emily's room and looks around. Uh, he seems alarmed at finding it empty. A man speaks from the large room behind him. The man says, finally... Uh, the vampire's teeth come out, and he turns around. We see that the man is Edgar. Edgar says, I've run out of magazines. Quick question, where's your boss? The vampire rushes at Edgar and raises an arm to hit him. Edgar catches his hand and squeezes it. We hear the sound of bones breaking. Yuck. Yeah, the vampire groans and drops to his knees in pain. Edgar says, let's try that again. Mm -hmm. Where is he? The vampire says, go to hell. Edgar says, no, my neighborhood is worse than that. Edgar's teeth transform into vampire teeth. He then takes on the rest of the vampire's form. Edgar says, Missoula, Montana. Was that so hard? Mm, thanks, bro. Yep. Edgar backhands the vampire, and we hear the sound of flesh tearing. 
Sleep up to outside a supermarket. Sam and Dean are leaving the store. Sam is carrying a bag of fresh fruit and vegetables. Dean says, I can't do this, man. I can't live on rabbit food. I'm a warrior. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, you'll be fine. Dean says, you don't know that. <laughs> I might just die here. <laughs> Sam says, so what's next on the list? Dean says, well, if we're bum-rushing the Alpha, then we're going to need dead man's blood, which means a morgue, or... Sam says, are what? And he follows Dean's gaze to a man sitting on a nearby bench, drinking from, from a drinking from a large takeout cup. Dean says, dude, forget the morgue. We are swimming in vamp poison. Sam says, excuse me, sir. Hi. Uh, we're with the Red Cross. See, we have an emergency shortage. And he holds up his FBI badge. He says, and we're going to need you to... The man looks vacantly at Sam. He's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, I don't know what you need. Yeah. do it. <laughs> Sam says, you're not getting a word I'm saying, are you? Dean says, hey. And he snaps his fingers in front of the man's face and sits down next to him. Hold out your arm. We need your blood. Sam says, dude. And the man holds out his arm. He's just like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Dean, yeah. Dean says, all right, Sam. And he takes a syringe out of his jacket pocket and hands it to Sam. Dean says, tap the keg. Sam says, here? Dean says, yeah, Sam. Look around. It's freaking Woodstock. Everyone's hopped up on the brown acid. We don't need this song and dance. Give him a little prick. Sam takes a syringe. Dean puts his arm behind the man and who smiles at him. Just kind of like, hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Sam sits down on the bench on the other side of the man and pushes the needle into the back of the man's hand. The man says, ow, that hurts. This is for Hurricane Katrina, you said? Dean says, yes. Yes, I did. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Good job. Yep. Yeah. Sam says, so look, uh, when we get there. Dean says, yeah. Sam looks at the car. Emily is in the back seat. Sam says, Bobby's going to have to hang back. Do you disagree? Dean says, he ain't going to like it. I mean, he helped us in getting Emily. Sam says, look, I'm team Bobby too, okay? But I think it sounded like I said I'm team Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> But, that would be an interesting thing. Yep. Teen Bobby. Teen Bobby. Was he as like bitter as he is now? Or <laughs> I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Sam says, look, I'm Teen Bobby too, okay? But there's a reason we left him in the car with Emily. You know that. The more action he sees, the more chance he gets to spin out. Dean says, all right, fine. So we'll keep him off the front line, and he can just, you know, keep calm and carry on, right? My wayward son! <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> a police car drives by um, playing the song, Why Can't We Be Friends? <laughs> Why can't we be friends? <laughs> Sam says, well, and if you can't? The police car siren blares. Sam hurriedly puts the syringe away. The police car drives away, and the man continues to slurp on his drink. We cut to everyone in the car at night. Dean says, when they hauled you off to vamp camp, do you remember how long the drive was? Emily says, we left at night, got in before dawn. Sam says, so six, seven hours? Emily says, I think so, yes. Sam says, do you remember any highways? Emily says, no, we only took back roads. Sam says, okay, so figure they averaged 45 miles per hour. Dean says, couldn't have been more than 300 miles. Sam says, right. Dean says, what direction were you going? Emily says, I don't know. I'm sorry. Sam says, that's okay, Em. You're doing great. Um, is there anything else you remember? I don't like that he called her Em. I don't like it either, and I don't really remember that. Rubs me the wrong way. <laughs>
Um, Bitch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you don't get a nickname. <laughs> Emily says, bells. As we pulled up, I heard these loud bells. Sam says, it was still dark out? Dean says, you think in church? Sam says, no, that's too early. It could have been a monastery. Monks get up at 4 a.m. to pray. Dean says, ugh, can't get laid, can't sleep in. It's a friggin' tragedy. This is the worst. <laughs> Sam looks something up on his phone. Dean says, okay, so Alpha's camping next to a monkey house. How many we got in range? Sam says, looks like just one, just outside. Uh, and they pass a sign that says, welcome to Missoula, Montana. So we cut to outside the monastery at night. Emily says, this is where he took me. Someone is patrolling the monastery grounds, and another person is on the roof. Sam says, are you sure? Emily nods and says, what now? Dean says, we'll get you someplace safe. Circle back and jinsu these leeches. So we cut to a motel. It's daytime now. Emily is sitting on the bed watching TV. Dean is packing a duffel bag. He walks over to Sam and holds out a syringe. Dean says, all right, here we go. Ten cc's of vamp tonight. Uh, it's a thing. Emily says, what's a Kardashian? Dean says, oh, it's just another bloodsucker. Emily looks worried. And Dean says, no, no, it's a joke. So Dean goes over to the safe. Sam says, here, if we're not back by dawn, call this number. Jody Mills, she's a friend. And he gives Emily a piece of paper. He says, she'll take care of you. Here, use this phone. Dean says, you gotta hang here. And he puts uh, Bobby's flask in the safe. He says, for your own good, capiche? Emily says, Sam, thank you. Sam says, you bet. Dean opens the door and slams it. And it blah, blah, blah. Dean opens slams it shit. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> Dean opens the door and it slams shut on its own. He and Sam look at Emily. Dean says, it was the wind. And then quietly he says, chill out, Bobby. We'll be back soon. Dean opens the door again, and he and Sam leave the room. Bobby is standing near the door inside the room. We cut to Sam and Dean in the motel hallway. Sam says, well, he didn't take that very well. <clears throat> Dean says, how do you think he was going to take it? Sam runs into a cart being pushed by a maid. The maid says, excuse me. Sam says, sorry. So we cut to Emily watching TV in the room. Bobby is standing behind her. Uh, Emily crumples up the piece of paper Sam gives, gave her and makes a call. She says, hi, Daddy. Bobby says, why, you little schemer. <laughs> You're a dirty brat. <laughs> Emily says, no, I'm close by, sending you a present. Emily leaves the room. Uh, on the TV, Gloria says, yesterday I introduced you to the rising star in American business. In this hour, we'll go behind the scenes and answer the questions everyone's been asking for months. What makes Dick so hard to beat? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> uh, a uh, voice on the TV says, well, thank you, Gloria. Bobby says, you son of a bitch. So we cut to Sam and Dean, who are sitting in the car outside the monastery gates. Dean says, well, this time of day, most of them will be catching Z's. They won't know what hit them. Sam doesn't respond. Dean says, hey, you with me? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, but. Sam says, are you sure you just want to charge in there? Machete's blazing. Last time it took a dozen hunters to take down the Alpha, and most of them didn't make it out. Dean says, yeah, well, you got a better idea? So they cut to Sam and Dean walking up to the front door of the monastery. Dean says, stupid, stupid, stupid. Oh, this is dumb. This is really dumb. <laughs> Sam holds up a finger. They climb the stairs, and Sam pushes on the front door, which is unlatched. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, maybe we're too late. 
As Sam steps inside, someone grabs him from just inside the door. Dean says, Sam! <laughs> Dean hurries after Sam. A vampire waiting behind the door grabs him. We cut to the motel room. Um, Dick is speaking on the TV. He says, you know, where I'm from, you have to bite and claw your way to the top. Once you get there, trust me, the view's incredible. <laughs> Bobby is trying to open the safe. Dick says, I've got a lot to show the American people. Bobby says, okay, Dean's birthday. Dick says, Gloria, that will really put uh, what we're talking about in perspective. Bobby says, Sam's birthday. Dick says, I'm making some very big moves right now. The TV shows Dick and Susan walking past a sign that says, we're in everything. <laughs> Bobby says, damn it. A lamp flies off the bedside table. A drawer opens and a light bulb and another lamp shatters. The mirror cracks and a fire roars in the fireplace as the bathroom door slams shut. Someone knocks at the door. Bobby says, son of a bitch. <laughs> the maid says, everything okay in there? Just can't catch a break. Nope. <laughs> Bobby says, my birthday. The maid enters the room and says, hello? Her breath is visible. She turns and jumps as Bobby materializes. Bobby says, I need your help. The maid says, get away from me. And she turns uh, away, but Bobby materializes in front of her again. Bobby says, listen, I need out of here. The maid says, please. And she runs for the door. Bobby lunges after her and jumps into her, possessing her. The maid falls to the ground. She sits up slowly and brushes away dark liquid, which runs from one of her eyes. The maid says, Ectoplasm. I know. I was disappointed in Bobby for this. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Come on. He knows better. I mean, kind of. You know? Like. Yeah. Yeah. It pissed me off. Uh, the maid says in a deep voice, Just need you a little while. Uh, she gets up and walks across the room, reflected in the broken mirror as we see Bobby opening the safe. The maid says, just till I get the bastard. So we cut to inside the monastery. We see a close-up of a man's hand with very long, disgusting fingernails. He belongs to the alpha vampire, who is sitting at the head of the dining table. Sam and Dean are brought into the room by the two vampires and stand at the other end of the table with the vampires behind them. The alpha vampire says, the Winchesters! I'm intrigued. Emily enters the room. Sam says, Emily? She walks over to lean on the alpha vampire's chair. Emily says, hi, Sam. Dean says, wow, for a girl raised in a basement, you're a hell of an actress. <laughs> Emily says, you were going to hurt my daddy. What? <laughs> <laughs> At which I vomit. <laughs> yep. Dean says, wow, you get a trophy in Stockholm Syndrome. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but uh, we weren't. Sam here had a better idea. Sam says, we're here to talk. That's it. The alpha vampire laughs and says, now that my guys have taken your blades and your syringes of tainted blood, is that what you mean? Dean says, well, we uh, figured you might hold a grudge. The alpha vampire says, and why would I? Because you captured me, tortured me, sold me to the king of hell? Dean says, that was more our grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The vampire standing behind Dean grabs Dean and slams his head against the table. He falls to his knees and groans as he gets back up. He says, thank you. That was awesome. The alpha vampire says, I'm going to peel off your faces and drink you slowly. Sam says, just listen. You need us. The alpha vampire says, oh yes, I am thirsty. Sam says, the plague. We know what it is. What do you know about Leviathan? The vampire says, a bit. Sam says, you know they're poisoning the food supply. Alpha Vampire says, Roman didn't mention that when we met for dinner last fall. We made a lot of plans. 
We're on excellent terms, he and I. Dean says, you sure about that? Did he mention that he was going to Maui Wowie the human population? <laughs> the alpha vampire says, oh, of course. He said grabbing a snack would be easier than ever. Sam says, he said you'd, get, you'd all live together, didn't he? You really believe him? You think your children are dying by accident? There is pesticide in the formula. The alpha vampire says, it suits you to think so. You need me on your side. Sam says, look, we're not the ones burning from the inside out. We want you dead. Why would we tell you? Exactly. (laughs) Sam says, look, we're not the ones burning from the inside out. Think about it. Whatever deal he made with you is crap. Trust us. The alpha vampire says, why are you telling me this? Sam says, because we can stop Dick. (laughs) Stop all of it. We just need your blood for the weapon. The alpha vampire laughs and says, So now you want to prevent the extermination of the vampire race? Dean says, No, but it beats going down with you. (laughs) A door opens, and the alpha vampire says, Alan, darling. A young boy walks towards the alpha vampire, uh, who says, Come. Alan stands on the other side of the alpha vampire's chair. Dean says, Well, the creep gets creepier. The alpha vampire says, What's wrong? Alan says, Edgar's here. Dean and Sam look at each other. Dun, 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 dun. I know. <laughs> the alpha vampire touches Alan's jacket in dismissal, and Alan leaves. Dean says, wow, what a funny coincidence. All right, we need soap, uh, cleanser, anything with borax in it. We need knives. <laughs> Ooh, knives. <laughs> the alpha vampire says, put them in the study. Sam says, what? No, wait, wait. The alpha vampire says, word of advice, boys. You do not live through centuries of fire and ice and continental divide by jumping to conclusions. <laughs> the vampires push Sam and Dean into, towards the door. Dean says, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sam says, you're making a mistake. Listen, wait. The alpha vampire says to Emily, never hurts to get the story first. So we cut to Sam and Dean being pushed into the study. Dean says, hey, hey. Uh, and the vampire closes the door. They look around the study. Bags of blood are in a refrigerated cabinet. Empty bags hang from stands. Somebody uh, was getting an infusion. Yep. And we cut back to the dining room. Edgar walks into the room and stands at the foot of the table. Um, the alpha vampire says, Edgar, I would have whipped you up a meal. Please, sit. I'm dying to know why you're here. Edgar says, I think you know. The alpha vampire says, and how is that? Edgar says, I smell Sam and Dean Winchester. Can I just say that I would like to smell Sam and Dean Winchester? I would, too. <laughs> I hear they smell nice. I know. I got a brief whiff <laughs> as I did a uh, for one of the photo ops or whatever. And let me tell you what. It was good. I didn't get much of it because, you know, it was a very quick, like, okay, let me just, like, breeze right by here. But Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can actually handle smelling them, now that I think about it. <laughs> I think it'd be too much for me. It's like, you smell too good, and it's just not right. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody should be, like, nobody should, like, smell good, look good, you know, do, like, act well, sing well, all the different, you know, no. It's just, it's just dumb. Yep, agreed. And all the other actors in Supernatural, too, they're like, Jensen's Musk. I know. They're all like head over heels for his smell. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, at some point you've got to tell people what you're wearing. I wonder what it is. I don't know. I wonder if we could just Google it. <laughs> Probably not, because I remember at one of the um, 
Oh, what convention was it? I want to say it was at the one in Bellevue. Yeah. One of the ones in Bellevue. And somebody asked him what cologne he wore, and he wouldn't say. Ah, man. Like, he was like, yeah, and, like, changed the subject. That's messed up. That's messed up, Jensen Ackles. (laughs) What if we just want to smell that smell, you know? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe Kelly knows. I think she hugged him. I don't know, but, like, that doesn't mean that she's going to, I mean, unless she recognizes it, you know? Oh, that's true. She's like, not she's gonna not going to know, gonna what, know it what it is. It's not like it's, like, written on him or something. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the label. <laughs> he gets that little slips of paper that say, once you fucked him. I know, right? Him. I know yeah. right? Like, okay, now that you've smelled it, I'll let you go buy it. But I don't know. I wonder if it's, like, a weird, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I have no idea. Like, if he, like, can't promote that or something, you know, like, if okay. he, like, can't tell people what it is because he's, like, not, not. I, I would think that, like, whatever brand would be, like, um, yeah, tell them that you're wearing our cologne, you know, right, like, yeah. <laughs> please do, you know, like, I don't know, but, so that can't be it now that I think about it. Maybe someone needs to just tell him that information exactly. Like, look, the brand you're wearing would be happy to get all the extra sales. Yeah. You know, if everyone knew what you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe someone needs to tell him that. I know, right? It's not going to be me. (laughs) I'm not going to talk to him. (laughs) We'll have Kelly do it. (laughs) I'll be like, so, like, we just need to know for science also for us. (laughs) but we gotta say it not creepily I know say it but don't say it like that (laughs) yeah pretty much Uh, okay so we cut back to the boys Um, Dean tries to open the locked door of the study um, and nothing happens Dean says anything Sam says nothing (laughs) you think Edgar's here for the same reason we are I mean look if they figured out uh if we if they figured out <laughs> that we're here to get alpha blood for a weapon, Dean says, I think anyway you slice it, you got Pac-Man and True Blood in the same room, and that's bad news. <laughs> I mean, he's not stupid. Why the hell do you think he locked us in here? Samson. Which one do you think is Pac-Man and True Blood? I would guess Pac-Man's the Leviathan. Yeah, True Blood is definitely the vampire, since that's what True Blood is about. Have you seen that show? No. Oh. Nope. Another one. <laughs> That's a fun many. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real fun one. The when the when the vampires have sex, they it's so funny on purpose. Yeah. Because they move so fast. <laughs> Ew. <Yeah. laughs> They're like freaking bunnies. <laughs> yeah. That it's it's totally comical. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> At least they're not being comical on accident. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, you just wrecked all your credibility. <laughs> yep. Okay, Sam says, Dean, we're his enemy. I mean, they're like monster cousins or something. Who would give you the benefit of doubt? That's not what he says. Who would you give the benefit of the doubt to? Man, you know what? Maybe the sucrose is poisoning their vamps on accident. Maybe they'll fix it. Dean says, I think you got the oldest monster on earth thinking he can hold his own because he always has. Sam says, Edgar's going to eat him alive. Dean says, yeah. 
Hey, and he holds up a needle that's attached to one of the empty blood bags. He says, do you think you can pick a lock with this? Sam takes the needle. Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Doesn't I would feel try. like it would break. I don't know. It looked like a pretty thick needle. I mean, aren't the needles that they do for, like, um, blood donations and stuff, they're, they're pretty thick, but I would think that, like, if you're trying to, like, pick a lock with it, that it would snap for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sam says, but Dean, we gave up all our vamp tonight. Dean says, did we? <laughs> and he takes a syringe out of his boot. So we go to the dining room. The alpha vampire says, do you want the boys? Yes, you're welcome to them. I'll have them sent out. Edgar says, how kind of you. The alpha vampire says, oh, Edgar, you do know why Sam and Dean are here, don't you? They insist that you're exterminating us. And I thought, well, that's impossible. Must be a mistake. Edgar says, you're right, of course. So we cut to Sam and Dean slowly coming down the stairs. Um, at the bottom of the stairs, a vampire grabs Sam from behind. Dean pushes a syringe into the vampire's neck. The vampire screams and his flesh starts to burn, and he falls to the ground and dies. What an awful way to go. At least it's somewhat quick, though. Yeah. Dean says, wow! <laughs> That's awesome! Sam says, vamp tonight. <laughs> Dean says, freaking vamp tonight! All right, we need knives. There's got to be a prep room or a kitchen somewhere. Come on. So we cut to the dining room. The alpha vampire says, here's what I don't understand, Edgar. You are aware that your little additive has side effects, yes? Edgar says, Dick warned you that there might be kinks. The alpha vampire says, yes. He also said he'd be in touch. My children are in a panic. You don't call. You don't write. You don't send cookies. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Where exactly on the list is fixing our plague? Edgar says, my dear friend, nowhere. We want you to burn like the little roaches you are. Edgar puts a hand on the alpha vampire's shoulder, and the alpha vampire pushes him backwards. The alpha vampire says, Roman said if I kept quiet, I would get my reward. Edgar says, and now you get to lay down and die. Nothing personal. Our additive kills the wolves, too. The shifters and those disgusting little things that eat corpses. Anything with a taste for humans. Except us. Mankind's a limited resource, after all. The alpha vampire says, there are seven billion of them. <laughs> Edgar says, Hold on, yeah. yeah. Edgar says, only seven. Which, um, hi. It's a lot. Also, that number is climbing as long as you don't kill them all off at once. Right. You know? like, Edgar pushes the alpha vampire who falls against the table. Emily screams. <laughs> Sorry. What? It's all about sustainable farming, folks. <laughs> That's awful. Um, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <anyways. laughs> Emily screams. The alpha vampire stands up and says, We come from you. Edgar says, Barely. The alpha vampire says, I am the son of Eve. Edgar says, A pathetic mutt. Hardly one of us. I knew Eve. And honestly, your mommy was a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Low blow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the alpha vampire's teeth transform and he lunges at Edgar, pushing him into the wall. He grabs uh, one of the chilling buckets from the table and tosses the contents at Edgar. Edgar's skin starts to sizzle and burn, but he straightens up and punches the alpha vampire. Just some soapy water is fine. Yep. Probably, I yep. assume. Edgar says, don't squirm. I need every last drop. Edgar's face transforms. Dean comes at him from behind. Edgar turns to face Dean, and his face returns to normal. 
He catches Dean's arm, knocking the machete that Dean was holding to the ground. Edgar grabs Dean by the shirt, and Sam cuts off Edgar's head from behind. Dean says, grab a glass. We're juicing this freak. Mm -hmm. Emily says, no. <laughs> Dean says, stay back. Don't do it. Yeah. The alpha vampire sends Dean flying over the table. He says, leave her alone. She's been through quite enough. Sam says, now that's rich, coming from a guy who took her off the swing set. <laughs> the alpha vampire says, do you want to do this fight, or do you want my blood? And the alpha vampire sits down at the head of the table and slices his wrist with one of those gross-ass fingernails. <laughs> he looks those weird, like, they almost kind of look like fungal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Hate to say it, but... <laughs> It's true. You need some kind of ointment. <laughs> <laughs> Something. Yeah. So he lets his blood drip into a glass and then rises and offers the glass to Sam. The alpha vampire says, for taking care of Edgar, now go. Sam says, what about the little boy? The alpha vampire says, are you joking? Mm -hmm. Dean says, do we look like we're joking? How many other kids do you got in here, you freak? Mm -hmm. The alpha vampire says, at the moment, just him. Emily, help out on with his coat. He's leaving with Sam and Dean. Now take it. Sam takes the glass and he and Dean walk towards the door. The alpha vampire says, what? No, thank you? <clears throat> oh, right, right. Your flesh is crawling. All you really want to do is kill me now. You hate having to wait and come back and try again. Dean says, pretty much. <laughs> well, yeah, not gonna lie. <laughs> I wouldn't leave that head too close to that body for too long. The alpha vampire says, see you next season. <laughs> Dean says, looking forward to it. So they cut to the motel. Uh, Sam and Dean are walking down the hallway. Dean says, let's never do that again. <laughs> Cops thought we took that kid. Sam says, as long as he gets back to his folks, I don't care what they thought. Dean says, we had to jump out of a friggin' window, man. <laughs> Dean sees the door to their room is ajar. He and Sam take out their guns. Dean opens the door and turns on the light, and he sees the cracked mirror. He says, Bobby? Bobby? Sam says, Dean, and he shows Dean the open door of the safe. <laughs> Sam says, he's gone. So we cut to some time later. Sam says, I'm getting trace bits of EMF, but it's fading fast. And Bobby's probably been gone for three or four hours. He's got the flask, Dean. How the hell are we supposed to track him? Look, I hate to say this. Dean says, well then don't. He's gone. How could he do this? Now, I mean, we've got half the freaking weapon and we're almost there. Sam says, it's not him. I mean, he's not thinking. Dean says, so what, we just keep going while he's out there like this? Sam says, do we have any other option? I mean, it's what he'd want us to do, right? Dean says, yeah, yeah, him and Frank and Cass, if it was marbles, were in the bag. It's a good thing we got Crowley in our corner, right? Seeing as how it all comes down to him. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> Everything's perfect. <laughs> So we cut to Everything the is awesome! <laughs> oh my god, Killian <laughs> loves that song. He's always like, Alexa, play Everything is Awesome. And then I'm like, oh. <laughs> Not again. Yeah. Uh. Over and over. Okay, so we it's cut better than the Gummy Bear song. It is not. <laughs> I love the Gummy Bear song. <laughs> I've only heard each song a couple of times, and I want to say the Gummy Bear song is more annoying simply because it won't go away as fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've spent hours listening to both. <laughs> and the Gummy Bear song, maybe it's just because the Gummy Bear song is, like, newer 
to maybe, me. Maybe, yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I like it better. You haven't gotten totally sick of it yet. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Killian, like, listens to it in school and is, like, PE class, and mm-hmm. I find that charming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I think that's Gummy, fair. gummy, gummy, gummy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we cut to the Sucrocore office. Dick tosses a lit match into a bowl with candles on either side, and Crowley appears. Crowley says, hello, Dick. (laughs) And he looks up at the large light fixture above him that changes into a devil's trap. Dick says... Pretty genius, though. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Dick says, Mr. Crowley, we have so much to talk about. Take a seat. And credits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... This is kind of an... Like, a weird thought. But... Is the Mrs. Tran that's in, it's not really a spoiler, like, we see Mrs. Tran again, but, like, later on, is this the same actress? I had that thought, um, previously, not in this episode, but in the, I don't remember if it was the episode before or what, but where, um, she's waiting for Kevin to come home, you know, and the angels bring her home. Yeah. And it didn't look like the same woman to me. I don't think it is. I mean... It might be. Maybe they just, like, really drastically changed her hair yeah. and that sort of stuff. But, like, it does not look like the same person. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, okay, so how do you just, like, change a character like that and not... I think it is the same actress. Because uh, I feel like we would have heard at any given time that it, there were two Mrs. Trans. Yeah, that's true. So. She just doesn't look anything like what yeah. she does now, you know, like, which, I mean, whatever, it's not a good or a bad thing, it's just a thing, you know, like, yeah. it doesn't look, doesn't look the same. Yeah, I so, had that thought too, though, in that other episode. Yeah, it was sure. definitely kind of weird, and yeah, okay, like, the girl, like, she was almost kind of creepy because she was so just, like, stone cold about, like, she was like, oh, yeah, like, she's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, like, oh, huh, save me, whatever, and then she's just like, I've got them, (laughs) and you're just like, ew, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah, I got creepy vibes from her right from the beginning, you know, right from that pink-ass room she was in. I mean, yeah, a little bit, but, like... You kind of would expect something, like, if you're not exposed to anything, like, what are you going to like? This The last thing you did like, which was when you were, like, eight, you know? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I get it, but it was just, it was just kind of weird. I didn't, ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, ball sack. <laughs> I don't know why this is. You need to remind me before every episode. We do the same thing every time. I know. But this is like episode one hundred and fifty almost. <laughs> you need to remind me that I need to come up with a favorite moment. Oh God. Because ah. Uh, um. Okay. A moment. A moment that I liked was when um, Bobby possessed the maid. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool effect. Than we haven't seen before. Not really. I yeah. don't remember seeing a ghost possess like a slingshot before. into somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty nifty that Bobby could do that. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we've seen that so far, and I don't know if we do again much at all. Yeah, for all the ghosts that they've encountered, you'd think that you'd see that like somebody getting possessed. Yeah. I mean, you see the it with the demons all the time. Sure. Yeah, but, but not with the ghosts. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. What was your favorite moment? Um, mine was when Dean was freaking out about not being able to eat pie, and he's like, <laughs> I can't live off of rabbit food, I'm a warrior! <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's just like, um, you know, like, <laughs> so actually you might feel a little better if you do. But, like, honestly, if somebody eats that horrible all the time, he would probably get sick from eating something healthy. <laughs> you know, like, if he ate a banana, it would be over, you know? Like, yeah. Clearly, he's, you know, he lived because there was bananas and water in that uh, grocery cart, but mm. that was pretty much it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he made it, but he's going to be a grumpy like guild. Yeah, he didn't like it. Definitely a little grumpy guild. Um, so, oh, I am on the wrong thing here for our, uh, uh, what the heck is it? I don't even know. For our interesting facts. Here we go. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> Um, it says the book Sam finds that is concealing the button that unlocks Emily's room is titled How to Serve Man, which references the 1950s short story To Serve Man. Um, it tells about aliens who come to Earth. At a UN session, the aliens tell the humans that they are there to provide them with peace and plenty. They supply them with cheap, unlimited power, a device to supp suppress explosions, and drugs for prolonging life. Um... One of the, I don't know if I would want to, like, prolong my life unless I was, like, going to end shorter than it should, you know? Like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to, like, De I would want to... Depends wanna, on a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be cool to live to be 100 just to say that I did, but, like, I don't feel the need to, like, live past that. Yeah. Oh, God, no. You know, like old and barely If I was, and... like, functional, that would be one thing, but if I was just, like you know, old, can't do anything, like, just, no, just let me go, you know, like, yeah. just let me go. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it says, uh, one of the characters steals a book from the aliens and translates the title to, to serve man. Um, he believes it's a guide the aliens use to provide for and take care of man. Um, after further translation, he discovers that it's actually a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> this story aligns very closely with the Leviathan's plan for man. They are secretly purifying the gene pool, pool? <laughs> gene pool, curing cancer and ending hunger in order to harvest their perfect food supply, all with a public image of serving man for the greater good. Okay. Um, it says the fat man the Winchesters take blood from is wearing a plucky penny whistle t-shirt from the clown-themed restaurant chain that featured in Supernatural Plucky Penny Whistle. Plucky Penny Whistle's Magical Menagerie, bleh, from, um, and the bench has an advertisement for Biggerson's Restaurant. Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't either. How fun. Um, it says, the convenience store clerk's name tag shows that his name is Mott. Uh, the town that he works in is Hoople. <laughs> <laughs> this is a take on the band named Mott the Hoople, who sang the song All the Young Dudes. I have never heard that song. I have never heard of that song. I have never heard that name. Like, I feel like that's something that wouldn't sound familiar. Well, Lots of hoople. Like, <laughs> how do you not remember that? We'll listen to it after this podcast. <laughs> we'll have to. Um, it says, when Dick and his assistant are talking about replacing Gloria the news lady, the assistant asks what to do with the body, and Dick replies with, call Chef Fieri, I feel like a barbecue, uh, likely a reference to Guy Fieri, a well-known TV food critic. Um, which, does that mean that he's a Leviathan, too? I think so. It would only make sense. Yeah. Like, because yeah. how can you get, like, a well-known chef to cook people 
without like he would know that that's not pork or beef or whatever he'd be like what is this yeah you know like yeah he must be he he's got to be that's the only thing that makes any sense um it says in the town full of uh human happy meals dean says it's freaking woodstock everybody's hopped up on the brown acid um at 1969 woodstock festival someone got onto the speaker system to warn everybody to watch out for acid, LSD, dispensed on brown blotter paper. <laughs> oh, my God. Supposedly, this particular batch of acid was giving some users a very bad experience. Oh, no. Like, here, let me just give you something just on some, like, brown, nasty paper. Yeah. No thanks, you yeah. know? <laughs> I wouldn't take that. Ugh. Um... It says, in the gas and sit, there are wall posters for Margie Kugel beer on special. Um, in the real Wisconsin, there is a Leinen Kugel brewery. Uh, the production designer needed a fake beer, and his mother's name was Margie. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, it says, Dean mentions a copy of Playboy, Anna Nicole, and the good Die Young. Um, Anna N Nicole Smith, born 1967, uh, school dropout at age 14, married at 17, Playboy Playmate of the Year at 26, a modeling career, the host of several reality TV shows, and generally regarded as some sort of ideal but uh, ideal of sexy but brainless womanhood. Um, at age 38, she married an 89-year-old billionaire and said it was for love. Um, he died without adding her to his will. <laughs> the last two years of her life involved a lot of criminal charges, a lot of <clears throat> civil litigation, the overdose... Uh, death of her son, a paternity case and scandal, and ended with her drug overdose in a hotel room in 2007. I remember that. I don't remember that, but I, like, I've heard of it since, you know, because mm -hmm. I would have been, like, what, eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. I wouldn't have known or cared. You know, I would have right. been like, okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure I probably heard it, but it didn't mean anything to me at the time. Um... It says, the cop who appears while Sam and Dean are drawing blood from the stoner uh, previously appeared in the episode Supernatural, How to Win Friends and Influence Monsters as a zoned-out customer at Biggerson's. Um, he can be heard blaring his siren to the tune of Why Can't We Be Friends by War from 1975. <laughs> <laughs> um, the title of this episode is likely from Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, from the Daniel Day-Lewis Western There Will Be Blood from 2007. Um... When Sam and Dean head into the vampire's mansion, a painting can be glimpsed in the hallway just outside the dining room where the alpha vampire is waiting for them. The work is St. Michael Terrasant oh, de Le Demon, I'm guessing, by artist, I'm guessing, Ho Ho Jose? Oh boy, Life oh god, I'm gonna butcher this. Leif Ferencz? Okay. I'm going with it. Um, I'm guessing it's French, and I don't know how to speak French, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the French speakers out there. Um, <laughs> it says, one of the many Michael versus Lucifer depictions used throughout the Supernatural series. Um, this particular one was previously seen in Supernatural uh, Lucifer Rising as part of the Angel's green room where Dean was held captive. Okay. <laughs> the burger room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that room. I know. I would love to have a room with burgers in it. <laughs> okay, if you could have a room that was full of, like, any sort of food, what would it be? Ooh, pasta. I'd go with sushi. Ooh. All varieties of sushi. That sounds pretty good. A room full of, like, sushi and... 
so any variety of like Asian noodle dishes. Yeah. I have a problem when it comes to Asian food. Like, I'm like, every time somebody's like, what do you want? I'm like, Asian food. Yeah. Almost always. You know, like, Mexican food, eh, Italian food, okay. Like, I like all of those things. There's a lot. But, like, I always want Asian food. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been trying to figure out how to make my own pad thai. Not going so well. Really oh. So... If any of y'all have a good pad thai recipe that you could send me, please, dear God, send it to me because I am dying over here. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> um, where was I? Okay. Um, so it says, Sam says Roman has gone beyond restaurants and into grocery stores um, for gas and sips. Um, a gas and sip is a generic term for a gas station slash corner grocery come... Wait, what? This, does, this sentence is not great. Um, it comes from the rom-com... Rom-com Say Anything from 1989. So, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, I don't have no idea. Um, it says 17th, it's the 17th episode not to feature the Impala, 16th episode in a row, except for Repo Man, mm -hmm. the flashback. Um, it says, when looking for the Alpha Vampires Retreat, Sam and Dean discover that it's near a monastery. Um, Dean laments the monk's lifestyle that they can't get laid. He then refers to the monastery as a monkey house. Um, this is a play on the word monk and also a reference to Welcome to the Monkey House by Kurt Vonnegut from 1968 about government population control through suppressed sexual desire, among other things. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then there's one that's a spoiler, so we're not going to go there. But, <laughs> okay. um, <clears throat> ooh, as my voice just goes, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so our research from this week is, you know, Stockholm Syndrome because... Because there was some of that. There was just a little bit of that. <laughs> um, and this is off of, off of healthline.com. Um, it says, Stockholm Syndrome is commonly linked to high-profile kidnappings and hostage, hostage situations. Um, aside from famous crime cases, regular people may also develop the psychological condition in response to various types of trauma. In this article, we'll take a closer look at what exactly the Stockholm Syndrome is, how it got its name, the types of situations that may lead to someone developing this syndrome, and what can be done to treat it. So it says, Stockholm Syndrome is a psychological response. It occurs when hostages or abuse victims bond with their captors or abusers. This psychological connection develops over the course of days, weeks, months, or even years of captivity or abuse. With this syndrome, hostages or abuse victims may come to sympathize with their captors. Um, this is the opposite of the fear, terror, and disdain that might be expected from the victims in these situations. Over the course of time, some victims do come to develop positive feelings towards their captors. Um, they may even begin to feel as if they share common goals and causes. The victim may begin to develop negative feelings toward the police or authorities. Um, they may resent anybody who may be trying to help them escape from the dangerous situation they're in. Um, um. This paradox does not happen with every hostage or victim, and it's unclear why it occurs when it does. Many, psycho or many psychologists and medical professionals consider Stockholm Syndrome a coping mechanism or a way to help victims handle the trauma of a terrifying situation. Indeed, the history of the syndrome may help explain why that is. It says episodes of what is known as Stockholm Syndrome have likely occurred for many decades, even centuries, but it wasn't until 1973 that this response to entrapment or abuse came to be named. That's when two men held four people hostage for six days um, after a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden. After the hostages were released, they refused to testify against their captors and even began raising money in their defense. 
Wow. <laughs> After that, psychologists and mental health experts assign the term Stockholm Syndrome to the condition that occurs when hostages develop an emotional or psychological connection to the people who held them in captivity. Despite being well known, however, Stockholm Syndrome is not recognized by the new edition of the Diagnostic and Statistic, or Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Um, this manual is used by mental health experts and other specialists to diagnose mental health disorders. Um, it says the Stockholm symptom or stock, blah, 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 blah. Stockholm syndrome is recognized by these three distinct events or symptoms. Um, the first one is the victim develops positive feelings toward the person holding them captive or abusing them. The second one is the victim develops negative feelings toward police, authority figures, or anyone who might be trying to help them get away from their captor. Um, they may even refuse to cooperate um, against their captor. Which I'm guessing, you know, to go against them. Um, yeah, that was a weird sentence. Anyway, um, <laughs> it said the victim, or it says the victims uh, begin to perceive their captors' humanity and believe they have the same goals and values. It says these feelings typically happen because of the emotional and highly charged situation that occurs during a hostage situation or abuse cycle. For example, people who are kidnapped or taken hostage often feel threatened by their captor, but they are also highly reliant on them for survival. If the kidnapper or abuser shows them some kindness, they may, be, uh, they may begin to feel positive feelings toward their captor for this compassion. Over time, the perception begins to reshape and skew how they view the person keeping them hostage or abusing them. It says several famous kidnappings have resulted in high-profile episodes of Stockholm Syndrome, including those listed below. Um, the first one is Patty Hearst, um, perhaps most famously the granddaughter of businessman and newspaper publisher William Randolph Hearst was kidnapped in 1974 by the Symbionese Liberation Army, um, SLA. <clears throat> oh, what is happening? Um, during her captivity, she renounced her family, adopted a new name. Ah, sorry. Adopted, uh, what's happening? Uh, adopted a new name and even joined the SLA in robbing banks. Later, Hearst was arrested, and she used Stockholm Syndrome as a defense in her trial. That defense did not work, and she was sentenced to 35 years in prison. Oh, my God. Um, Natasha Kampusch. Um, in 1998, the, the then-10-year-old Natasha was kidnapped and kept underground in a dark, insulated room. Her kidnapper, uh, Wolf Wolfgang... Oh, boy. Preclopal? Mm, mm. I don't know. Um, held her captive for more than eight years. During that time, he showed her kindness, but he also beat her and threatened to kill her. Uh, Natasha was able to escape, and Priclopil committed suicide. Um, news accounts at the time report Natasha wept inconsolably. Um, Mary McElroy, in 1933, four men held 25-year-old Mary at gunpoint, chained her to walls in an abandoned farmhouse, and demanded ransom from her family. When she was released, she struggled to name her captors in their subsequent trial. She also publicly expressed sympathy for them. Wow. Um, it says, while Stockholm Syndrome is commonly associated with a hostage or kidnapping situation, it can actually apply to several other circumstances and relationships. Um, it says, abusive relationships, uh, research has shown that abused individuals may develop emotional attachments to their abuser. Uh, sexual, physical, and emotional abuse, as well as incest, can last for years. Um, over this time, a person may develop positive feelings or sympathy for the person abusing them. Hmm. Um, child abuse, it says, abusers frequently threaten their victims with harm, even, even death. Um, victims may try to avoid upsetting their abuser by being compliant. 
Abusers may also show kindness that could be perceived as a genuine feeling. This may further confuse the child and lead them to not understanding the negative relation or negative nature of the relationship. Um, first, it says sex tra trafficking trade. Um, individuals who are trafficked often rely on their abusers for necessity, like food and water. Um, when the abusers provide that, the victim may begin to develop positive feelings toward their abuser. They may also resist cooperating with police for fear of retaliation or thinking they have to protect their abusers to protect themselves. Uh, this one was interesting. So sports coaching. Um, it says being involved in sports is a great way for people to build skills and relationships. Unfortunately, some of those relationships may be ultimately negative. Um, harsh coaching techniques can even become abusive. The athlete may tell themselves their coach's behavior is for their own good, and, and this, according to a 2018 study, can ultimately become a form of Stockholm Syndrome. Um, it says, if you believe you or someone you know has developed Stockholm Syndrome, you can find help. In the short term, counseling or psychological treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder can help alleviate the immediate issues associated with recovery, such as anxiety and depression. Um, Long-term psychotherapy can further help you or a loved one with recovery. It says, um, psychologists and psychotherapists can teach you healthy coping mechanisms and respond, or, and, res wait, what? Coping mechanisms and response tools um, to help you understand what happened, why it happened, and how you can move forward. Um, reassigning positive emotions can help you understand what happened wasn't your fault. Um, it says, the bottom line is Stockholm Syndrome is a coping strategy. Um, individuals who are abused or kidnapped may uh, develop it. Fear or terror might be most common in these situations, but some individuals begin to develop positive feelings towards their captor or abuser. Um, they may not want to work with or contact the police. They might even be hesitant to turn on their abuser or kidnapper. Um, Stockholm Syndrome is not an official mental health diagnosis. Instead, it's thought to be a coping mechanism. Um, individuals who are abused or trafficked or who are the victims of incest or terror may develop it. Um, proper treatment can go a long way to helping with recovery. So oh, that's pretty heavy. All sorts of interesting stuff. Yeah. I never really thought, I mean, I could see that though. Like with sports, I never like thought of that at all, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to yell at you and you're, and I'm going to be awful to you to like make you motivated to be better. And you're like, thank you for helping me get better when they're being awful. Yeah. You know, like I've definitely been in situations like that before. Mm -hmm, like, me too. you know, and not that I, I mean, I appreciated them for, like, you know, helping me get better, I guess, but that I didn't like them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. It was like, okay, you're mean to me, but I guess you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, to an yeah. extent. But, yeah, that was... It's a weird one. That's I never even, like, thought of that. And I'm sure that, like, out of all of those, like, with the amount of people that do sports and all sorts of different, you know, activities or whatever, like, that's probably so common compared to, like, people getting kidnapped or whatever, right. you know, like, yeah. and you never really think of it that way. It's like, oh, well, this person screaming at me and telling me what to do and being awful to me is helping me, but also, like, should I be grateful for that or should I not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Um, so what was your Ijadraspa moment from this week? Oh, okay. So I just got back from vacation. Uh, we went to Denver for my aunt's celebration of life. And then we went to Rhode Island because Eric's from there and, um, spent time with his family. And, um, like maybe 
three weeks before we left, I uh, we used this amazing CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, and we rub on our backs usually or like necks when we have headaches and it's I love just, that stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. And I was like Shout out for Fox Island. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, I, I can't live without this, right? So yeah. like like how am I gonna get this to Rhode Island? Yeah. You know, because you can't can't take it on an airplane. Could you you could check it in a bag though, couldn't you? Uh they could they can take it. Oh that sucks. And yeah. that's expensive to get you know it, taken away. Yeah. So I contacted them and I, you know, I just left a little message like, hey, I'm going on vacation to Rhode Island. Like, you know, I, I love your product and I can't live without it. So, like, you know, help me. Yeah. And, yeah, I was like, can you ship it to Rhode Island? Mm-hmm. And they immediately responded like, yeah, we ship to Rhode Island all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet, you know. Yeah. So, so again, three weeks beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so I do the order, have it sent. And it got there. The day after I left. Like, the day after you left, like, to, to come, come back home. home. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I was so mad. I was looking at the order. I checked it every single day. It wasn't shipped yet. Mm-hmm. It wasn't shipped yet. I was like, fuck. You know, like, what's going on? Yeah. So yeah. I finally um, clicked on the, like, you know, send me text message. Oh, yeah. You know, when you like, send me ship the it. And they shipped it that day. Oh god! <laughs> I was so. Irritated. It kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, if I would have clicked that before, would it have shipped yeah. faster? You know, like, probably not. But here's the thing: is like, I know too, because we sell that yeah. at the spa that I work at, mm-hmm. um, and I I think they're a fairly small-ish company. Yeah. So I could see where like. I mean, and they have been getting more popular because we get people that buy it from the spa and then they're like, oh, I want a stronger strength, so we'll get it from the website or, you know, we'll get it from the store, like, like the actual, like... Yeah, like their store. Their store, you know. Um, So I could see where they're probably, you know, they're getting ramped up, I would assume. Yeah, it was just, it was such a bummer, you know. And we're like, you know, Eric's parents are like, oh, we'll ship it to you. We're like, no, just enjoy it. You yeah. Know, like, just mm-hmm. use it on your body and yeah. be happy. If you have an ache or a pain, put it on there. It's going to be great. I use that stuff for cramps. I use it for headaches. I use it for, like, everything. And I love it. Oh, yeah. I use it's it for so everything. Good. Yeah. Yeah. When I first bought it um, off the website mm-hmm. um, just to come to my house, it got there in 24 hours. Well, I mean, they are based in Gig Harbor, so it doesn't yeah. have to go very far. <laughs> I know. I was just like, great, it's going to get there super fast, mm-hmm. you know, to Rhode Island. Yeah. So, But even so, I was still like three weeks early, like just in yeah. case. And, oh. That's weird. Like, you would think that it wouldn't do that. But Yeah, so that was a bummer. I love the company. I love the stuff, mm-hmm. though. So It's so good. Like, that's one of those things that, like... You find something that works and you do not get rid of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know. We're, we've got, like, half a little tin of it left mm-hmm. of the 1,000 milligram. Mm-hmm. And, and Eric is like, put this on your body. And I'm like, no, I want to save it. <laughs> get another one. You know? <laughs> I know. Like, like, we just can't go spending, you know, $75 every now and yeah. I mean? So yeah. we're trying to save money for Vegas. So. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, oh, no, that's fine. I'll wait. Yeah. Oh, wait, you put it on your body. <laughs> well, 
So, a trick. The 500. Have you tried the 500? Yes, I do have the 500, but what, but we have the 1,000, and it's amazing. Yeah, the 500 works really well, too. Like, I only have the 500, and I use it for, like, everything, and mm-hmm. it's great. Um, the trick is, with that, like, you can't overdo it. So, if you put the 500 on there, and it doesn't, like, you know, do enough... Mm-hmm. then you can always add more, and it's not going to be a bad thing. Like, you that's can't, cool. like, OD it, you know? Yeah, okay. So that's one of the things that he was like, yeah, like, you, like have people try the 500 first, and if that works, like, that should work for everybody. And if it doesn't, just have them do it again. Yeah. You know, like, put it on there, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Well, what yeah. was your agent or aspect moment? Um, mine was my agent and aspect moments ran off. <laughs> Oh, no. I don't even know what happened. I had, like, ten of them. I was like, oh, this will be good. I need to write this down or whatever, you know. I had so many of them on, like, a big orange sticky note, and they are gone. I don't know what happened. Like, mm. the the desk got organized, and I don't know if they, like, accidentally got thrown out, if they're, like, just in something somewhere. I don't know, but I've been looking for them, and I cannot find them, so... My agent and aspect moments, or moment is that my agent and aspect moments ran right off and were a bill aspect. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. yeah, there's that. Yeah. They're around <laughs> here somewhere. They've got to be. Like, I don't know where they are, but they've got to be around here. How many did you have? So many. Oh, I hate it. Like, I think, so, if I look at this, these, like... Because it was on one of these little sticky notes. Like, I had one, like, every other line. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then I had a couple extra nights. So, I probably had ten of them on there. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Whatever. (laughs) You know what? You're going to find them in, like, ten years and be like, oh. What the hell? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The only other thing I could think of is maybe it fell, like, behind the desk. And it's, like, behind this portion of the desk. Mm -hmm. So, like. That's the only thing I could think of, but I don't know. We might have to pull apart the desk. Yeah, like, <laughs> we totally can. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your idgit and aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.